Christian Therapy Podcast. It is your host, Aisha Barano. Let's get into today's episodes. So we're still in First Thessalonians and we're going to reading from chapter 2 today. If you did not listen to the previous episode where we started off in chapter 1, I would encourage you to go and please listen to it so that you can understand the context and where the chapter started from. You have to remember that the Bible wasn't really written in verses and chapters and all these things um but it was written in chapters and verses so for ease of reference so we can easily understand it so if you're reading a whole chapter it makes sense to read it um progressively so if you're starting from chapter one read chapter one first before you go to chapter two because that way it makes a lot of sense and it comes together now bear in mind also that this is a letter that was written to the church in thessalonica which means that the letter started from the first page chapter one and continues so if bottom line if you don't listen to chapter one you probably will not fully understand and grasp it as we go along in chapter two and chapter three and etc okay so let's get into today's episode. So we're going to be reading from the Passion Translation today. You all know that that's one of my faves. But yeah, so let's get into it. My dear brothers and sisters, it is obvious that our ministry among you has been proven to be fruitful. I love that because to me, I'm like, imagine Paul is saying that of a particular church. Our ministry among you has proven to be fruitful. That means they're a productive bunch. They're a bunch that have used the things that they have learned from Paul and have applied it. Basically, them Paul coming to them was not in vain, essentially. That's what that means, right? And so if we go to verse 2, it says, And though we had already suffered greatly in Philippi, where we were shamely mistreated, and by mistreated, that was when Paul and Silas had been bitten and imprisoned in Philippi, right? And so it then goes on to say, we were emboldened by faith in our God to fearlessly preach his wonderful gospel to you in spite of incredible opposition. And so then he starts talking about their motives that, you know, their motives for trying to come to encourage them is not impure. They do not have any intentions to mislead them, but they were approved by God to preach the gospel. Okay. So then he talks about, so if we read verse four, And I'm just going to start from, so our motivation to preach is not pleasing people, but pleasing God who thoroughly examines our hearts. So what they're saying is they didn't come to preach to them based on just their own, you know, their own motives and wanting to please themselves or or please people, but instead because they wanted to please God. Okay. And then verse five talks about God is our witness that we, when we came to encourage you, We never once used cunning compliments as a pretext for greed, nor did we crave the praises of men, whether you or others. Bear in mind that in the church of Thessalonica, right, if you read chapter one, you can see that he was complimenting them quite a bit. But what he's saying that he did not, he's come to encourage them. And when he did come to them, bear in mind that he had previously come to Thessalonica to encourage the believers there right he was saying that all the compliments that he was giving he wasn't giving it out of greed or because he was craving the praises of men whether them or others that was not what it was at all he just came to preach the gospel he was not trying to water down the gospel in any way 
Instead, he was trying to preach the message through and through, uncompromised, okay? Like, pretty much the message just as it is, right? And then he goes ahead to say, even though we could have imposed upon you our demands as apostles of Christ, instead we showed you kindness and were gentle among you. We cared for you in the same way a nursing mother cares for her own children. Now, if you are wondering why do I keep sort of kind of saying what Paul was saying, is because I know that this letter was written by Paul, even though he says it's from all of them. It's almost like when you write a or when you buy a gift for someone, someone buys the gift, writes the message in it, um, and then might be like, oh, from myself and the team. We all know most times it's not even from no team, it's from that person, okay? So that's that's pretty much what that's like, okay? So let's go back into it. So he's talking about we could have imposed upon. So basically he's saying that he could have imposed different things, right? They as a unit, Paul, Silas, and Timothy, they could have imposed their demands because they're apostles of Christ. They could have said, oh, we want this, we need this, we need this, we need this. Instead, they showed the people, the church of Thessalonica, kindness and they were gentle they treated them in the same way a mother would care for her own children right and so they talked about how they loved them with the mother's love affectionate tender they were able to share the gospel of god but also their lives right so they were transparent they were open about their lives to the church in thessalonica and then he goes on to say in verse 9 Beloved brothers and sisters, surely you remember how hard we labored among you. We worked night and day so that we would not become a burden to you while we preach the wonderful gospel of Christ. And then if we go ahead to verse 10, it says, With God as our witness, you saw how we lived among you in holiness, in godly relationships, and without fault. Mm. Can that be said of you? Can you even say that for yourself? That you lived among people in holiness, in godliness or righteousness and without fault. Like the imagine the sort of imagine getting to that point where you know that you're living among people without fault. Like that, that's just mind-blowing. But it also shows that it is possible. If Paul is saying that he lived, they lived among the people of the church in Thessalonica in holiness, in righteousness, and without fault. That means it's possible for us to do as well. And then he goes on in verse 11. And you know how affectionately we treated each one of you like a loving father cares for his own children. We comforted and encouraged you and challenged you to adopt a lifestyle worthy of God who invites you into his kingdom and glory. So yet again, Paul is reiterating that the way they have cared for the people, the church in Thessalonica, has been the way that a loving father will care for his children, the way that a nursing mother will care for her own children. A nursing mother would be thinking, okay, my child needs to eat every every few hours, every two hours, every three hours, you know? That's, that's how Paul, Silas, and Timothy cared for the people, for the church in Thessalonica. And that's what he's reminding them. And so he continues to basically say that that's why he will continue to thank God for their lives because they embrace the gospel wholeheartedly. 
they didn't just embrace it as the word of man, the word of Paul, the word of Silas. They en- they embraced it as the word of God. And that's why the word continues to energize them. The word continues to be a force that energizes them. It says, and the word continues to be an energizing force in who, in you who believe. So the word of God will energize you if you believe. The word of God will energize you if you believe. What does it mean to energize? It means to liven up, to vitalize, to activate. So imagine the word of God is an activating force in you who believe. That means the word of God will propel you to do things. The word of God will propel you to live your life a certain way. Because it is a propelling force in you. And so for continuing reading, so from verse 14, it says, My dear brothers and sisters, the same thing happened to you as happened to God's churches in Christ Jesus that are in Judea. For you received the same kind of mistreatment from your fellow countrymen as they did from theirs, the Jews, who killed the Lord Jesus and the prophets and ran us out of town. They are offending God and hostile to everyone else by hindering us from speaking to the unbelievers so that they might be saved. By so doing, they are constantly filling up to the brim the measure of their guilt and the punishment has come upon them at last. So he's basically talking about what has happened. He's talking about how they had received the same kind of mistreatment same as the same as the ones received by the people who killed Jesus, by the prophets that tried to run Paul and Silas and all these people out of town. And then he continues to talk about the offending God by trying to be hostile, by trying to stop us from preaching the gospel. And so Paul continues and says in verse 17, Beloved friends, we may have been torn away from you physically for a season, but never in our hearts. For we have an intense, we've had intense longings and have endeavored to come and see in your faces the reflection of this great love. And then goes on to say, we miss you badly and I personally wanted to come to you trying again and again, but our adversary Satan blocked our way. So Paul is saying that, you know, he, well, he's been longing in his heart to see them. He's been longing to see them. But they've been separated physically for a season. But that he misses them and he wants to go back, right? But Satan has been giving them opposition. Or blocking them from coming back to Thessalonica. But then guess what he says next? For what will our confident hope... Mm-mm, I better take that again. For what will be our confident hope, our exhilarating joy... Uh, or our wonderful trophy that we will boast in before our Lord Jesus at his appearing. That means at his coming, second coming, okay? It is you. Yes, you are a glorious pride and joy. Wow. Imagine this. Imagine this. Paul is saying to them that the confident hope, their trophy, their, their joy that they would be boasting before the Lord Jesus Christ when he comes back is the Thessalonican church. It's the Thessalonians, right? He's saying that 
he will be able to boast before the Lord when Jesus appears, right? And boast because they are his pride and joy. Like, can that be said of you? Can your pastor actually say that you are his pride and joy? That the church, that particular church is his pride and joy? Is, can that be said? Can that be said? Like, just imagine the true reward of like ministry is when you can look and see the souls that you've impacted the souls that you've changed their lives the souls that you have influenced and you know sometimes like when when like i put these podcast episodes out i don't know who's listening to them like yes you see the stats and whatnot but you don't know who it is you it's almost like you don't have a face but i'm hoping that when jesus comes you guys will be coming up and saying oh wow i listened to christian therapy podcast and it changed my life and you guys would be my pride and joy on that day of jesus you know and i can say like wow i was able to share the gospel with you in a way that influenced you I, I I really like it's a it's a really sobering moment because I just think about it like you know when you put things out there you don't know who's listening to it but then one day one day maybe I'll finally be able to stand and say wow you guys all my listeners are my glorious pride and joy because I see how you've taken the word of God and ran with it and if you're, a, if you're a listener, if you listen to Christian Therapy, I want to encourage you to find me on Instagram at Christian Therapy. Send me a direct message. Let me know how Christian Therapy has changed your life, how Christian Therapy has influenced your life, how this podcast has done, if it has done anything for you. Let me know. Because I think sometimes when you don't speak, you know, you don't have any direct communications with your listeners, you know they're listening, but... You don't know whether it is making and you don't know the impact that it is making in their lives. So I want to challenge you, please. When you listen to today's episode, I want you to send me a direct message on Christian Therapy on Instagram. Send me a direct message. Let me know how it has influenced you. Let me know how it has changed your life, if it has. And I also want you to go on Apple Podcast and leave a review leave a review let people be able to find this podcast a little bit better so please i want you to do those two things for me today because god knows i'm I'm very inspired by paul right now i'm like how can paul be able to say that he is going to be able to boast in before the lord because of the church at thessalonica like i want to be able to say that of this podcast and be like on the day of on the day of Jesus' coming, I can be like, yes, Lord Jesus. You see what we did with Christian Therapy Podcast? These people were influenced. These people were inspired. Yeah. So just before we end today's episode, um, if you have not said the prayer of salvation, which means that you have not given your heart to Jesus Christ, I want to give you an opportunity to give your heart to Christ now. Um, so one of the big things that I have to emphasize is the fact that you have to believe completely um, 
with all of your heart and you have to speak forth so which means you have to say it um whilst believing in your heart now it is not enough to believe you have to believe and speak um and it's not enough to speak without believing so it requires both so now i'm going to say the prayer of salvation and i need you to repeat it after me oh lord god i believe with all my heart in jesus christ son of the living god i believe he died for me and god raised him from the dead i believe he's alive today and forevermore i confess with my mouth that jesus christ is the lord of my life from this day through him and in his name i have eternal life i am born again thank you lord for saving my soul i am now a child of god hallelujah praise the lord if you have said this prayer welcome to the family of god you're now a child of god you are now born again you can confidently say i am born again glory to god and so now if you want to learn more about how to live your life as a born again christian i will encourage you to go back and listen to every single episode on this podcast just keep listening and you will continue to see the transformation in your life and also i will encourage you to go out there go on google and search for now that you're born again by chris oyakilome and if you review that you will see in the book it explains carefully what happens now that you've given your heart to christ it explains clearly what you have received as a child of god and so i will encourage you to actually go and read the book it's a really short book it's a pdf um, version and it is free online too and if for whatever reason you're unable to get the book just send me a direct message on christian therapy um um using the christian therapy handle um on instagram um yeah so just send me a direct message and i will organize for it to be sent to you so yeah thank you so much um for listening to today's episode god bless you and i will see you next time bye